Good evening, everybody. Tonight is February 2nd, 2019, otherwise known as Super Bowl Eve. My name is RJ Ciancio, and I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Ciancio Speaks Sports. We have a lot in store for you tonight, so here are the topics we're going to go over. We're going to go over a trademark I found for a team called the Seattle Sasquatch and what it can mean for the NHL. Uh, the NBA, and if it's in league trouble, what was the best sporting event you've been to? What's the best atmosphere? How can a female football league make it into the mainstream without being gimmicky like the LFL? What was the worst Super Bowl of all time? And our last topic, which is the big talking point for tonight, did the Patriots cheat against the St. Louis Rams back in 2001? If you want to get in on the action, please call us at 563-999-3462. Once again, that number is 563-999-3462. If you're looking for any past episodes of the show, you can find us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, blogtalkradio.com. If you have any ideas for future topics, please email me at sports at gmail.com. Siancio is spelled C-I-A-N-C-I-O. All right, we have our first call on the line. 240, you are on the air. Hey, Hello? how you doing, RJ? This is, how you doing, RJ? This is Big Steve. How you doing, Steve? I'm doing fine, and you? I'm doing well. I actually have a very interesting story on hand for us. So, I, um do some covering of indoor football journalism and with that comes some investigations every once in a while to see if new trademarks have been filed. So there is this great website called trademarky.com. It's completely free. And you just look up old trademarks and I found one for a hockey team called the Seattle Sasquatch. Now, I think this could be the potential name for the 32nd NHL team. Sounds a little out of the blue. But let me give up just some of my backing for this claim. First, the application was filed Jan uh, pardon me, December twenty seventh, twenty eighteen. All right. The league announced mm-hmm. that there would be a new team December fourth, meaning it's not that far away. So in the um also in the um trademark itself, it says quote the entertainment and nature of professional ice hockey games. And that's the key word here, professional. This means it would not be a minor league such as the ECHL or AHL. Also filed on December 6th for the same name. There have been merchandise ones filed under the same name. I actually reached out to the Seattle Times to have them publish the local, I mean, pardon me, the trademark finding, but they turned down the offer. I waited a little bit longer. Uh, nothing came up, but I thought, you know, this could be it, because Seattle is known for its Bigfoot stories that are up in the area. Okay. I mean, right now, it's just an educated guess, but I feel that it's as good of a guess as any for what the name will be. I looked on the various social media sites. There have been no of team names leaked by any sources. However, I am on the lookout for those. 
the interesting thing about this name is that I have not seen it used anywhere else since the trademark has come into play, and I, um, I also was looking at it even more, and I realized that the NHL didn't include the name Sasquatch on the potential team names, making me wonder if there's a name the team contest, you know, what happens if I enter this? Because this isn't on the names they claim they've trademarked. Mm, so I, I want to enter the... Yeah, I want to enter the name the team contest when it happens, and I just want to submit my team name just to see if, like, will give me something or if I burst the bubble too soon for their liking. So what are you going to do? When when the National Hockey League announces that they're holding the name the team contest, I'm going to enter the name Seattle Sasquatch and see what happens from there. I just thought this was a nice easy way to ease into the show. And it was something I'd been waiting to talk about for a while, hoping that a large media source would pick it up, but since it didn't happen, I wanted to be the one to break the story. Oh, okay. But has they... Okay, now, remember, back in the early 70s, right, when they showed the Sasquatch, I mean, was there any other um, cities that seen the Sasquatch back in the 70s? What about those times? I wasn't alive for that. I was born in 99. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's where I come in. I mean, because, I mean, when, you know, when I, I grew up in the 60s, so it's like back in the 70s and stuff, there was, there was um, cities like in the um, United States and Canada that seen the, um, the uh, Sasquatch like, the, uh, like in um, the Midwest like in uh, Canada, that scene of Sasquatch, you know, so you may want to um, do your research, like type in Sasquatch, and then you will see the cities or see that mysterious um, video of a Sasquatch walking back in the woods. You may want to do your research on that. Yeah. The reason I'm saying it's Seattle is because of the only NHL team that's announced without a name, and it also, the name is Seattle Sasquatch, not just the word Sasquatch. That's why I say it so heavily. If it was just the word Sasquatch, I'd be more iffy on it. But since it has a city name attached to it, I feel more confident in the statement. Okay. Okay. But I'm, I might want to do some research for you because, I mean, back in, I think it was 72 to 75, there was a lot of Sasquatch sightings and stuff. So you may want to do you know, type the word Sasquatch and do your sightings first before you get to the city. You know. All right, I'll look. Yes. Yeah. I'll look into yeah. that. Yeah, that's what I would do. But I mean, but now, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing 1974, you know. That's what I would do. Again, this is not my era. <laughs> <laughs> You're the expert here. Yeah, I mean, I'd be I'd be fifty five years old next uh, this this month, so you know, so the same uh, as Nature Boy Rick. Well, thank you. The same as Nature Boy Rick Flair. Woo! Woo! <laughs> same day. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, same day. Yeah, Rick That's Flair. Cool. Oh yeah, good company. You know, in fact, I'm I, probably. I'm, oh yeah, I'm probably. 
Yeah, I, I'm in company of a couple of Viners and YouTubers, I think. Those are my big claims to fame with people I share my birthday with. And Aaron Hernandez, same year but same day. So, yeah, you're in better company than me in that one. Yeah, I got one of the Papa Pita uh, yeah, Eaters from Minnesota Vikings, Carl Ellen, we share a birthday as well. You oh, know. Nice, nice. It, it's a couple other people I got to look it up. And, you know, I always look up the people. Then I, I, I probably, like a couple years ago, I shared it online. And people are like, you oh, know, you share a birthday with them. But most of all, it's people that make your boy. You know, that's the best one. So, you know. <laughs> Yeah, and I want to switch from one big four sport to the next as we talk about the NBA. Now, I am very critical of the National Basketball Association because I feel it has allowed super teams to form. I'm going to read you the winners of the NBA Finals from 2010 to now. Lakers, Mavericks, Heat, Heat again, Spurs, Warriors, Cavs, Warriors, Warriors. That's not a lot of different teams. The only two teams, pardon me, the only three teams that have only won once since that time frame are the Cavs, the Spurs, and the Mavs. Technically the Lakers, but they won it in 09, so I'm omitting them from that. No, all three of them super teams, though. Well, yeah, the winners, there were some super teams that won. Let's think about it. The Heat had the big three when they won those rings. The Warriors obviously super teams. When uh, The Cavaliers weren't what I would call a super team. They were decent. The Mavericks were, eh. The Lakers were uh, the what Cavs you could was, contest the as Cavs a super was a, The Cavs was a super team also. And you can make that argument. I mean, for the last yeah. three, no, pardon me. Since 2015, it's only been Warriors-Cavaliers. I mean, it's kind of boring. <laughs> and also, all the talent has gone west. The strong no, conference no, right now is the what? Western Conference. If you go back to the first Super Team, it was it was the L, it was uh, the Lakers. That was the first Super Team to be formed because they had Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, and I think it was also you, really enhanced in 2016 when Kevin Durant jumped to Golden State. Uh, I really think that was one of the turning points for the NBA and not in a positive way because I feel like players started becoming even more ring chasers than they already were. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to get a championship inherently. I just think it's wrong to such blatantly chase them because it wasn't like the Thunder were a trash team. They got beaten by the Warriors the year before Durant jumped. That's what makes me mad about it. If Durant was playing for a lonely team, say, oh, I don't know, but he was with Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams, you know, and they made up a pretty good team there. But, you know, I still remember when LeBron James, when he sat around them school kids and he said, I'm taking my talents to South Beach, and when people was burning up all their LeBron stuff, and then it was him, uh, Wade, and Kevin and Bosch, that was, and that, yeah, and that was like the first super team because they got together with other players and they won that them two championships. Then you had um, the Lakers for Kobe and Shaq, and then when when Shaq told 
uh, well, Kobe snitched on Shaq that he had a girlfriend, and then all of a sudden Shaq girlfriend left him, and then what you call him? Shaq wound up going with Hoops, the one who won the uh, flavor of love thing, and then next minute they going together. I mean, it was a whole mess, you know. So yeah, anyway, and I think mess. you know. The Warriors are very stacked, and it's kind of unfair to me because, you know, I'm not saying they're doing anything illegal from a rule standpoint, but, like, morally as a fan, it hurts to see this because, I mean, I live in Connecticut. The two teams closest to me are the Knicks and the Nets. I mean, I don't have anything to root for near me. Oh, but I I got that. But guess what? Thursday... That's when you're going to see your next super team because Thursday is the deadline for trades. Okay? Somebody please take John Wall for me. Please, somebody take John (laughs) Wall from the Wizards. Please. Okay? (laughs) Anybody. Knicks, Nets, somebody. You know, uh, Clippers, um, Golden, uh, Sacramento Kings, please take John Wall. Okay? I'm telling you, we I got enough talent. I don't want to to the Western Conference. I'm tired of players going to the Western Conference because that's a stacked conference. The two best teams on paper right now are the L.A. Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Both teams are in California. I don't care who's coming in the Eastern Conference this year. I'm sorry. My, I'm not going to watch until the Western Conference Finals, and that's the only game I'm going to watch because whoever wins that is going to win the whole thing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, just look at their division. I mean, just the division. Everybody, anybody in their division can win. I mean, even the clip, even the, well, Sacramento. I mean, I'm sorry for you. Except for Phoenix Suns. I mean, Marcus is the y'all. Keep on doing what you're doing. Anybody can win. Denver, Utah. I mean, the, the, the San Antonio. Um, Oh, my God, I can name them. Clippers, anybody can win it, you know. But who we got in the East? We got, now we got, we got Boston. You got um, that's, that's Toronto, the big one for me right now. Milwaukee. Huh? Yeah, explain to me how Milwaukee, like, considered in the Eastern Conference. I find that a little weird. <laughs> like, I know, yeah. like, yeah, it, it's a little bit of a reach, in my opinion, but I'm not going to get into the geographical footprints of sports leagues now. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, but Thursday, that's when you can see your new super team. Now, okay, you yeah, you heard, like, I mean, that AD from the Pelicans, Anthony Davis, want to be traded to the Lakers and stuff. Now, that now would here's kill the sport. Big, no, but, here, but here's the crazy thing. Now, the Lakers is offering they two-point guards, they power forward, their center, and a first round draft pick. Now, now uh, the Pelicans say that's not enough. That's not enough. They want four of your five starters, four of your five whoa, starters to LeBron. Whoa. Yeah, they want four of your five starters except LeBron. They want not one. They want one, two. They want. Three number one draft picks. But here's the thing. Bob's father said, no, my son's not going nowhere. But guess what? 
You are not the Lakers executive. You let, but Master Johnson said Master Johnson goes. He don't care who you are. He don't care about your mouth it's, or anything. I mean, I don't like LeVar Ball in general. I think he's just a big mouth who knows how to market people. And, you know, he knows his business side, but I do not like his personality. I don't, I don't like him at all. I think he's a little much. I just think he's a little yeah. too much for me. Yeah, I also just think that, in general, the NBA needs to expand. I, I think this would be the perfect way to break up all these super teams. They could do similar to what the NHL did with the Vegas Golden Knights, because... When you look at these drafts, the way the NHL structured it is you can protect three players, but everybody else is up for grabs, meaning these stacked teams cannot protect everybody. If I'm the Warriors, I protect Curry, Durant, Thompson. That means other guys like, you know, Bogey, he's all of a sudden available. No, I like, no, I like, I like what, no, I like what they did with the NFL. You put a cap on it. You put a hard cap, okay? Don't get them a super max. Co- okay, now here's the thing, okay? Now, AD, now, now, uh, Anthony Davis, his cap salary is two hundred and thirty-nine million dollars next year, okay? But you not right. you telling you telling your your organization right now that you're not going to sign it. You would rather play into July of 2020, and you're not going to sign it. You know what? You're a big old fool, okay? That would mean <laughs> I would sign that money because anything can happen to you between now and 2020, okay? You can fall down the steps. You can slip. You can slip and say, ah, poop. You know, you can do a, you can do a Sam Bowie mess or a or, or, or Greg Odom and hurt your foot. That's your career. You big dummy. Sign that contract. You know, I'm sorry. I wasn't gifted to play, that, you know, sports and stuff like that. I mean, even though I was a good receiver. But still, these people don't, especially uh, what happened to my man um, in Chicago. I mean, uh, the guy used to play for Duke. Um, it's going to come to me, but he rode a motorcycle. And, you know, they tell you don't ride motorcycles when you are a, 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 a sports person. And what did he do? He rode a motorcycle and messed himself up. That that contract said, Merry Christmas to you. went away. Poof. And it was gone, you know. So now he's an analyst making about, I say he's making about $50,000, $60,000 a year. Instead of he, he would have been making about maybe about two hundred million dollars a year. Um, well, he used to play with well, well, he used to play with um, Bobby Hurley and uh, Mister um, Everything at Duke and everything. But when he came to the Wizards, he wasn't worth nothing. He was a piehead. He was a point guard for Duke. It's gonna come. I'm thinking to me. the name. It's gonna come to you. And also, if you want to get on a conversation, please call in at 563-999-3462. Once again, that number is 563-999-3462. All right, moving to our next topic, and this is one I hold kind of close to myself because I'm a huge football fan. 
and that is the sport of female football. Not everybody knows it exists. The most mainstream version of it is the Legends Football League, formerly the Lingerie Football League. And that's not something well, that's the most successful female variation of football, where there's a gimmick where it exploits someone's sexuality. Now, there have been people who have broken down gender barriers, people like Dr. Jen Welter, who's now doing work with the Lenta Legends and the Alliance of American Football, but those people are few and far between. Now, there are some other women's leagues out there, like United States Women's Football League, the Women's Football Alliance, and the Independent Women's Football League, but I doubt before this podcast you've ever heard of them. And what I want to know is, how can you make a female football league successful without making it gimmicky? They haven't gone to Spangon and seen the. I seen the a woman football game at Spangon, the one that wear wear shoulder pads and um, dress full gear and stuff. They can play some football now. Oh, they play good. They can. I mean, they yeah, and, and they just as just as beautiful as ever. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying. I mean, I just you know what be. Before the, the before the amputation, y'all. I mean, I went and hopped a fence and played. I mean, I mean, I, I paid my ticket. Don't get me wrong. I ain't saying hop a fence like hop a fence is even free, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I went to see see the game and it was, it got me hooked. I went to like six games and good football. It's like watching the men's football, and it was really good. I mean, I would go. I'm sure when it, when the springtime comes. Go see the, the women's football. It's really good. I mean, I'm, me, football is football. If you see two kids playing in the, in the street, it's football. I don't care what it is, men, women, but the women's football is really good, you know. Am I yeah, right? and I just think you're right. I think what these pendant leagues are able to do now, thanks to the advent of the Internet, is not rely on TV contracts. If you have somebody who knows, to, knows how to use a computer – you can get yourself on YouTube and live stream your games. You can live stream on Facebook. You can live stream on Twitter. You can live stream on Instagram. All these platforms. I think, um, you know, something that we have to get out of our minds is, you know, it's women's football. No, it's football. I'm going to watch football if it's football. I think what's getting harder for these leagues is that, you know, if you're if you play in the spring, that time is now being eaten up by these startup leagues like Pacific Pro Football, the XFL, the Alliance of American Football. You know, it's hard for these people to find their niche. And, you know, I definitely think it's possible. I just think there has to be a way for them to stick out a little bit more other than the females playing football, but not so much that, hey, by the way, it's females playing football and, you know, sexualize them, because that just takes away from the meaning of the sport itself. Yeah. Oh, and the god is Jason Williams for Duke, okay? Oh, that's who it was. I ain't even had to look it up. I just remember it. Yep, Jason Williams. Yep. That's who it was. Ah. The number... We are number four pick of the Chicago Bulls, and you tell you don't ride a motorcycle and stuff. What he do? Roll the motorcycle. He almost died. I'm. He almost died. You know, almost died, and 
you know, recover. He works for ESPN. I mean, making making good money now. I mean, I'll give him credit, basically. I mean, but at least he didn't do what Kenny Anderson did. I mean, Kenny Anderson was spending money before he played the first game. And, I mean, too. I think, I mean, I get a disability check. I think I'm making more than Kenny Anderson now. <laughs> you know? Jeez. So I just said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. All right. Don't... Now we're kind of switching topics really quickly. Um, we're going to talk environment you've been to, and if you want to tell us the best sports environment you've been to, call in at five six three nine 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 three four six two. Once again, that call in number is five six three nine 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 three four six two. And I also just want to take a quick moment to shout out a couple fellow podcast hosters. I want to. Shout out Mark Perez, who hosts Championship Gold Podcast with Carnage, 7 through 8 p.m. on Tuesdays on Blog Talk Radio. I also want to shout out Brenda Facemeyer, who hosts Face Out with Facemeyer, and he said, she said on Blog Talk Radio. She's the one who got me into this gig, and thank you so much for that, Brenda. I really love doing the show. And I also want to give a shout out to William Morgan, host of the Sports Report Broadcast, which is Monday nights at 11.15 p.m., He's on RantomRadio.com. And if you want to, like, get your own radio show and stuff, it's much easier than you think. There's some great people. I'm part of a great community. He's part of that community, you know. So if you're into sports and you want to give your opinion, it's fun, you know, talk to people. With that being said, I want to ask you, what is your favorite sporting environment that you personally have been to? Oh my God! I only it's only one for me, and I'm a Redskins fan. 1982 uh, uh, um, championship game against the the Washington Redskins versus the Dallas Cowboys. We want Dallas. There's no other feeling stadium. The shaking of the bleachers on the bottom row. We beat Gary Huggerboom, Dexter Manley, my man for life. Just sack Huggerboom just and Daryl Grant gets the ball and run into the end zone. Oh, my God. I mean, me as, as an 18-year-old teenager just seeing that, that, I mean, that would be the greatest feeling of my life as a Washington Redskins fan. That's mine. Ever. Until we win another championship. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot considering uh, you're a season veteran of a sporting event. I mean, that's high praise. Yes, ever. It's better than music and everything. Whatever I've been, that is my ever. I mean, it'd be funny. Ray concerts that my boss took me to. I mean, I mean, I've been to Luther Vandals concerts, everything that Washington Redskins, Dallas Cowboys, 1982 championship will always be my number one in my heart. Period. Yeah, I yeah, I think that's that's a good choice. Now, for me personally, I go with um, the most recent one I've been to, which is an arena football game in Albany, New York, in the league semifinals game two. They had a two legged format where the combined scores were added up and 
the game in Albany um, at the Times Union Center was really amazing. It was pretty family-friendly fun. I was, I was not seeing people throwing up all over the place, which is a nice change since, you know, I went to a Jets game once, and let's just say Jets fans enjoy their alcohol. <laughs> you know, uh, but I think it was family-friendly entertainment. I mean, okay, maybe, you know, there was a little bit that wasn't, but most of it was family-friendly entertainment. It was great quality of game. Um, some of the players that I saw have moved up to a higher level, such as Malachi Jones. He now plays in the Alliance of American Football, which is kicking off next week. Um, so best of luck to you and your Atlanta Legends team, Malachi, if you're listening. But I think it's a good atmosphere because it wasn't too late of a game. Kickoff was at 7 p.m. 7.30 p.m., pardon me. That is not a bad time of day to watch football games. I drove from an hour out, you know, and did some media coverage for arenafootballtalk.com, came back, and it was a good night. You're void of content. Uh, and during the commercial breaks, there's a lot of fun stuff that goes on. You know, like, they'll bring someone out from the crowd to kick a field goal for, you know, 500 bucks from 30 yards out. The guy usually misses it, but it's fun to watch. You'll see people do bike races. It's It has the feel of a minor league sport to it in the atmosphere, but it also has the talent of a major league sport. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey uh, Dave, I have a present for you. Sure thing. What, what made you What made you get into this? Um, broadcasting or arena football? Thing, um, I mean, I've been a huge football fan all my life, so watching ESPN, watching NFL Network, watching documentaries about how things work has always been an interest for me. Um, and the more I got into it, the more I realized I'm not the biggest athlete in the world, but I love commenting on things either because I like how they're done or I don't like how they're done. Um, and for during most of my childhood, my brother and I would do commentary over our video games for fun. Um, and, you know, that's where I thought it was going to end because I didn't know how all the internet worked and, you know, all the avenues you could go down to get your own show. The way I got to this gig is actually pretty funny. Indoor and arena football um, from around the nation. And I was just posting ads for new writers, um, you know, which, by the way, are still relevant. So email theaftnetwork at gmail.com if you're interested. Um, I was putting some ads up for them in um, Washington Valor Fan Club on Facebook. And Brenda happened to be a member of that page. So she reaches out to me. And this is the funny part. Brenda thought I was an official member of the Valor team. Like, she thought I was, like, a head coach, an agent, a marketing manager, or something like that. And, you know, she, like, invites me to come on the show. I explained to Brenda, you know, I'm not officially affiliated with the team, but, you know, I'd be more than happy to come on and talk. You know, so I had a guest appearance a while back. I talked about the sport. Then I, I saw her saying, Dad, you know, we're, we're advertising shows. Like, you want a show? Come get a show. I'm thinking to myself, you know, dang, I don't really have a lot going on right now. Why not? It's kind of something I've been doing for fun in my childhood, not seriously, but, you know, sounds like fun. So it kind of went from there. Then I was on the second hour or first hour of Face Out with Facemeyer on Sunday nights for a while. Um, and then this my own show came about. 
you know, it really was um, a bit of luck and a, a bit of work. So I think it was kind of meant to be in a sense. Okay. As for arena football that you touched on, um, I think to be watching the NFL Network, um, which is obscenely priced in retrospect. Um, I was, I, I always flick through the channels if there's nothing quote-unquote good on. I'm a guy who likes shows that don't necessarily insult the intelligence of the audience, so I'm not a big fan of your Big Bang theories or NCIS type thing. You know, I like something that's a little more mature. Any, like Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Not like mature, mature, but like Simpsons, like, you know, adult humor and stuff, you know. And I'm looking through the NFL Network, and this is back in 2010, 2011. I'm still relatively young at this time, and I see this game where these big, big nets and these big walls on this small football field. And I'm like, ooh, now what's that? You know, my young eyes, you know, dilate. I'm just like, whoa. I see balls bouncing off these nets, people flying over walls. I'm like, this is fun. You know, and then the, the NFL Network dropped the league. But, you know, for a while I was into it, and then when I found uh, it being live-streamed online, there was this team in um, the indoor football league that had, had fans called plays. And I got into that to get back into the sport. I watched it on YouTube. I watched it on something called Pluto TV, which is another streaming service out there. You know, I just kind of got into it for fun. And um, I just... You know, when from there, I started getting into it more seriously. I had previously done, I was going to do some work with um, Blast Word on Sports, but um, due to school obligations, I had to um, not do anything there because uh, I was busy. But, you know, my passion for writing has always been there. And mm-hmm. eventually I was reached out to by um, Aaron Kestet of Arena Football Talk asking if I would look to cover a team. I said, yeah, you know, here's, here's a sample article for you. I sent him the sample article. He got back to me uh, around six months ago. Mm-hmm. Eight months ago. Oh, my gosh, it's been a good while. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it kind of took off from there. I mean, since I joined the group, we got our own radio show going on, um, which we air on three different platforms, 921 The Apple. We air on Western Reserve Radio and Action VR Network. Interviews have gone to a game. I got season tickets for a team this year. I worked my way up the ranks to become leader of covering the entire league. It's just something fun to do. You know, right now it's pro bono, but it's totally worth it for me because, you know, I think Brenda would share the same sentiment. If you're doing something you love, it's not about the money. Exactly. Yeah, they aren't requiring me to go to games and pay out-of-pocket money to do this. It's just something we do for fun. And also, since it's such a niche sport, you know, being able to talk about something that isn't so mainstream with so many people so easily is nice for me because, you know, we, I mean, whether it's a TV show that's not popular, what have you, like maybe you're into the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, you know, that's a cult film. These these things in society have cult followings, you know, you can get attached to. It's much easier to find people who are into it through the Internet. And that's what I did. So that's why I ended up covering arena football. 
Okay. Yeah, I like arena football. I, I've been watching it for like several years, like maybe I'm guessing four to five years. You know, I, I follow, um, you know, um, the Philadelphia Washington. Soul. You know, before, we, yeah, before soul, Washington yeah. got a, uh, yeah, before Washington got a team, you know, the Violet, you know. You know yeah. But my favorite team was uh, the Philadelphia Soul, you know. Yeah. It's it's run by Ron Jaworski and Ted Leonisis, you know. Two very good businessmen. By the way, regarding yeah. expansion for the Arena Football League, they're going to Atlantic City this season to put a new team down. And rumors have been circulating along with a trademark filing for an old team name that they will place a team in Columbus, Ohio. Mm, so like if you're in the New Jersey or Columbus area, go out to a game. It's going to be fun. Okay. Yep. And um, my my thing, much uh, a shout out to Brenda Facemar. I mean, like I said, uh, I'll be starting Monday. You know, so I mean, it's a a dream come true for me. I mean, I mean, she took a guy that's uh, above me amputee and made me somebody. Cause all I was doing was just sitting home. You know, I did 28 years. At the clothing store, did a documentary that won two Emmys, not just two local Emmys, two, you know, worldwide Emmys. And that's really? what I'm proud of. What uh, documentaries? What documentaries? Called did you do? a, it, it called, it's called Fate of a Salesman. And it, it's about the story from I, I, my, I mean, the store I worked at, they was, um, for 60 years, I mean, it was a mom, it started off at a little mom and pop store, and then it just grew. You know, my boss, I mean, my boss' uh, father started the store, and then he wound up in the store. And, you know, like I said, from the 90s, me and my coworker Willie, we made so much money. I mean, that he would just hand us our money, we just put it in our pocket and just go home with it every week. And then, all of a sudden, the 2000s, we seen the plan about the, you know, the business was going to get down, and then when it's zero, and we had to close in 2012, and it was a touching moment. And um, I think I spent I spent my own money to have parties, just not for my coworker and my boss, but to all the customers that then coming to the store, and that was a touching moment. And then to see the the store close, you know that hurt, that was a hurting feeling. But um, it won two two Emmys, and then they won they won two other awards for um best um film and best short documentary. We were shown all over the city and everything. But um, uh, I was going through complicated complications from my um, my um my, my my amputation because I was going through amputation. Doing, you know, doing after, I mean, after the documentary. So I, I, I didn't hit, get my leg amputated too after the documentary, you know. So it, it was, it was something. I still look at it from time to time. But um, yeah. So Brenda was like, you, you know, I'm going doing do a sports store. You should do it. And I'm like, ah, let me think about it. Let me think about it. <laughs> and then when I did it, it was wonderful. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's really cool. I never knew that, Steve. I never knew that. That's really cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, filmmaking oh, yeah. is such a competitive space. I mean, especially documentaries you know because, you know, 
I feel like, you know, Use? it's easy to make Oscar bait in a sense of, like, if you have the money and the funding and the right tools, it's somewhat easier. But, you know, if you're trying to make something that's based on facts, the fact has to be interesting. Otherwise, people aren't going to watch it. It has to be well done. You can get away with a you know, CGI you know, fest if you're like Michael Bay because mm-hmm. people like explosions. But, you know, I don't want to watch a documentary on people really getting hurt. I want to watch a documentary on something that will, you know, like, make me think a little bit. Yep, but you say the magic word. You know, if you want to be a, you know, like a sport host or or a co-host, a co-host, you just listen to what the host said. I mean, me, I'm a co-host, but I'll be doing my own show on Monday. A co-host, just follow the host. Be yourself. Just be yourself, follow it. I mean, everybody can do, do being a host. Be a co-host, or be a co- or just call the show if you just want your opinion. Just just do it. I mean, it's 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 fun. It could be sad. I mean, because we all go through, we all go. I mean, we all go through death. We all do. I mean, like I said, Brenda lost her brother. I lost my wife. I was only married to my wife for three months before she passed. I'm I mean, sorry. I, 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 yeah, and like I said, I lost my. I got married on the line. I mean, on on Nationwide Radio, and then I had to go, you know, say that she passed three months later. But I did it on the radio. I had more friends on Facebook, Instagram, than I did with my own family and my friends. So y'all became my family and my friends. So you know. It's, but sports is a healer. Sports is something that that go you go into another thing and you can you can relax. It takes you away from things, you know. Yeah, but, uh, it really I know does. You want to talk about the, I know you want to talk about Super Bowl, so go to it. All right. Well, thank you for sharing your story. So, first one thank I want you, to ask sir. you is, um, what was the worst Super Bowl you've seen? We all like to talk about the good, but what about the bad? Um, I can't. Well, the thirty-eight to nine Raiders over the Redskins—that was the worst Super Bowl I ever seen. You know, for for me being expert, that was the worst one. Yeah. All right. I mean, that makes sense. You're a Redskins fan, you know. I can get where that's coming from pretty easily. Now, I was the one I'm thinking of. I haven't seen from start to finish. Um. But from the highlight and just the commentary on it, people have given it is probably the worst Super Bowl ever. That's Super Bowl Five, otherwise known as the Blunder Bowl. <laughs> I mean, you have now, like this is what gets me. Okay, you have six interceptions: two from Johnny Unitas, one from Earl Morey, Earl Morrill, and three from Craig Morton. Meanwhile, you only have two touchdowns. One from United and one from Morton. I mean, this is mm-hmm. the only time where a player on the losing team wins MVP. Yeah. Chuck Howley. It was. I mean, good goodness me. Like, I mean, to be fair to the players, it was played on Gen 1 poly turf, but come on, guys. <laughs> I mean, the score, the, the, I'll read you the box scores. First quarter, Baltimore, zero. Dallas, three. Second quarter, Baltimore, six. Ten points. 
third quarter, nothing happened, so I could have taken a long bathroom break during that one. And uh, during the fourth quarter, it was Baltimore scored 10 points. The most exciting part of the game was when rookie cook kicker Jim O'Brien kicks the game-winning field goal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when you and you think of all the star power that was on those teams, it's really kind of sad. People also forget that uh, this was when Shula was coaching the Colts. Yeah. You know, people say, you know, people forget that about Shula. He was the Colts coach. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a World Super Bowl. Yeah, that was kind of a World Super Bowl. But I know my Another best one, one that though. Was- Oh, what's your best one? It's gonna oh, be red. Oh, gotta I be that. my red. That I know it's red. Yeah, red. The Williams against the Denver Broncos. That's right. You know he still holds it. I mean, and, and you know it got, it's Black History Month, so it's kind of Doug Williams most it yards is. in the quarter, most touchdowns in the quarter. I mean, three hundred eighty-six yards in the quarter. Five, uh, uh, 35 points in the quarter, and um, he threw four touchdowns. Those are video game numbers. There's no way around that. And you you going into the fact that it's Black History Month, he was the first African-American quarterback to start a Super Bowl, and he was the first African-American quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And, and you he know, was hurt. And he was hurt. People forgot that. And he was hurt. He pushed... Um, um, uh, Stroder away, told him to go back on the sideline and see. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of ominous. Um, the next year, most people don't know what happened the next year, and and I can say, you know, I mean, sometimes when bad things happen, good things come apart. You know, he called, um, told, went to Joe Gibbs' office, and he told Joe Gibbs, "I will not play behind a blank." So Joe Gibbs, the same day, made a phone call to the Raiders, and he said, I want to trade my quarterback. He said, the quarterback that threw for 4,000 yards, he said, yep, I'll give you Jim Lachey, which was an all-pro left tackle for uh, Strader. And he said, okay, that's what's history. You know, sometimes bad things happen, but we had a good thing. So, hey. You know, it yeah. happened. You know. Yeah. So sometimes also, with, and, you, and, uh-huh, go ahead. I mean, also, people forget that Doug Williams is one of the two quarterbacks to won a Super Bowl after coming out of Tampa Bay. People forget Doug Williams played for the lowly Buccaneers and took them to a playoff game at one point. That's when yeah, they were in the and I, know the, and I know the other one. And I know the yep. other, I know the other one. Steve All right, Young. just say it out loud. Correct the Mundo. Steve Young, two Super Bowls. And I know Young played in the Hall of Fame. check it. Yeah. Now, um, Steve Young played in the USFL, um, giving some legitimacy to spring leagues. But mm-hmm. I, I got. He played for the San Antonio. He played for the San Antonio Gamblers. Uh, no, he played for the LA Express. You're thinking Jim Kelly who played for the Houston Oh, Gamblers. okay, yeah, he played for... Okay, I get both of them mixed up when it comes to... Yeah. Yeah, USFL. and Williams also played... 
yeah, Williams also played in the USFL. He played for the Oklahoma and Arizona Outlaws, respectively, in 84 and 85. That I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's something from Tampa Bay quarterbacks going from a creamsicle uniform to a spring light to a Super Bowl. Um, so I suggest mm-hmm. Jameis Winston now to join the Alliance League and then come back for another team and win a Super Bowl. I'm sure it's that easy. Yeah, because they just showed something on Jim Kelly that he's cancer-free, so that's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Now, talking about, we're going to switch from a good thing to something that's not necessarily a good thing. And that's the topic of the Patriots-Rams rematch and the history behind it. We all know the Vinatieri kick. We all know that the Rams lost, Patriots won, Brady Dynasty begins, yada, 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 here comes the evil empire. But do we overlook the cheating aspect? Because I have some things brought up here from the article. All right? Patriot employees, low-level Patriots employees said the team stole play sheets from employees interviewed disclosed that low-level employees were ordered to steal the play sheets from the opposing teams before games. This was like an open secret to other NFL teams, so they would hide dummy sheets. Also, between 2000 when Belichick took over as coach, 2007, when they were caught illegally taping, there were at least 40 games where they taped illegal signals. Mm. I mean, doesn't that, that... Doesn't that... Remember that little boy? He had all of the paper, all of the things and stuff that the Patriots got caught on. And stuff. That he wants, you know, he wants something... Yeah, I mean, you know, they, I mean, that's what they call them, bound, uh, uh, Patriot Gate, you know. Spy Gate it was, I believe. Well, they, I mean, they had, they had Camel Gate, remember the Camel Gate, the, the, yeah, that's going the one. through the Wichita practice, you know, stealing, um, signals, the Plate Gate, um, I remember the 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 coach of the Jets one time called him his former uh, friend. I mean, his I don't know his offensive coordinator um, called I, him one time. Yeah, I forget who it was too. But like he was the coach of the Jets. Is not the goat, Mangini, Mangini. Yeah, Mangini. Eric Mangini. But you know what? If it wasn't for Mo Lewis, he would he wouldn't be having um um Brady. <laughs> Absolutely, Mo Lewis. I mean, also just, right. just a reminder, Mo Lewis almost killed Drew Bledsoe with that hit. And I'm not being hyperbolic either. <laughs> yes, I mean, he, he almost killed yes, the man. He did. And, and don't forget uh, um the t- the tuck rule. In the yeah, snow. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, my issue with the Patriots is like, okay, the tuck rule is stupid. It was the right call. My issue is the whole spying on teams. I'm sorry. If your team has to cheat to win, your quarterback cannot be the greatest of all time. Tom Brady is not the GOAT. That's my hot take for the night, but Tom Brady is not the GOAT, never will be the GOAT. I mean, because the three Super Bowls he won before they were caught, I don't count. So that means he's won... Let's see, that would give him only two Super Bowls and three Super Bowl losses. Two to Eli Manning and one to Nick Foles? 
All of yeah. a sudden, you're looking at a very, very different quarterback when you play fair. That's right. So, my prediction is going to be Rams. I really hope you're right. I mean, you know, I really do. Oh, also, just something funny that happened. I don't think this was intentional, but um, the NFL Network made a bit of a blooper earlier. They aired a commercial congratulating the Patriots on the Super Bowl victory before the game started uh, recently. Because mm-hmm. they have these pre-recorded, you know, congratulations thing to sell the merchandise. It, people are saying it's rigged. It's not rigged. I just think it's funny, you know, like, of course they aired it for the Patriots and not the Rams. <laughs> yeah, they had. I remember they had this uh, this past and the past that had them uh, uh, the Patriots forty two, the Rams twenty four. I was like, get out of here! <laughs> yeah, I, I just think you know it's funny, like because you know people will like say the. I do think that Tom Brady gets a little bit of a special treatment, and you know I got from business standpoint, you know you want to predict. Your, you, I mean, you want to protect the protect your best players. There is nothing wrong with protecting your best players, but like making it blatantly obvious, so like you know that, like Tom Brady got hit in the chest and they called that a personal foul. I'm sorry, but in no version of the NFL is that personal foul. That's not even a foul in flag football in gym. <laughs> yeah. I know. No, it's but I... it, it's just. It's hard. I mean, I just hope this, you know, I just hope that the Rams win and we can stop hearing about Tom Brady because it's not fun. Yeah. You hear that, Ronnie B? I hope the Patriots lose, okay? Mike, Christmas to you. (laughs) (laughs) You do realize it's February. You're celebrating a bit early if they lose, just saying. Yes, I am. That'd be a Big Unless you, like, Celebrate. left your tree up the entire year, you know, then you could say it's still Christmas. I mean, my family did that for a year, and we just kind of pretended it was Christmas in July once. It was hilarious. I know. I just want them to lose so bad. I want to see them lose in, in good comedy commercials for Sunday. And then at halftime, you know, I'm going to um, watch, I probably, uh, you know, I'm going to watch, um, uh, WWE um, um, wrestling at halftime because I'm not for I'm not for Maroon Five because they acting kind of funny, right? So I'm gonna watch WWE um, tag team match on at halftime. Nice. I might actually watch because um, it's rumored that they may sing a song from SpongeBob SquarePants um called Sweet Victory because the creator of the show passed away earlier this. Year. Uh, late last year due to ALS. I'm a yeah. big Spongebob fan. I'm not going to hide that fact. And like, you know, there was a song where Spongebob performed in a fictional version of Super Bowl. If they do that, that'll make the halftime performance for me worth it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know what? I, I like this. I'm, I'm, I don't care what nobody thinks. I like this clip of uh, uh, um, uh, Square Pants. You know? Me too. It's funny. I did. It I, I did. Mr. Crab! Mr. Mr. Crab! <laughs> you know, I mean, it's also like you know, like stereotypes, like you know, penny pinchers and like over the top evil villains. You know, it's great because it's something kids find funny and innocent, but there are also some hidden messages in there for the adults as well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was something that 
I mean, it was to me. It wasn't cursier than uh, South Park. It wasn't um, like real uh, crazy. Like you know, even though I do like American Dad, I I really do. And the season starts uh, next week, next Monday, so I can't wait to see that. You know, at myself. Yeah, so I mean, I'm, sometimes you gotta be a kid at heart. I'm, I tell people that. Shoot, my mother used to let us watch caught. I mean, 19, from nineteen. 69 until, I mean, 1979, I was a cartoon junkie. Went to cartoons, yeah. to watch cartoons till 1 o'clock, and then the rest, you know, I played outside till the lights went dark, and then I was in the house. Yeah, I mean, yep. you know, I, it's also lasted for a long time. I mean, SpongeBob is around the same age I am. Both started in 99. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I mean, you know, it's one thing for a person to make it to 19, but for a TV show, that's pretty impressive. I mean, especially considering all the other shows that have come and gone since then. Yeah. There's a lot of great shows. I mean, a lot of, a lot of great. I mean, like, like me, look at me. I'm watching the Flintstone. You know, the Flintstones oh, in the Jetsons in the evening at 8 o'clock. I mean, come on now, cartoons come on at 8 o'clock on Channel 5. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I got the ranks, so I was able to watch that, too. We got around a minute left, so do you have any closing statements for tonight? I have no closing statements. I I am good. I'm real good, so I'm going to watch some college basketball and get ready for my NCAA picks in March. So good night, everybody. Good night. Thank you so much for calling in. No problem, man. All right. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you like the show, you can look at us on Anchor, Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and blogtalkradio.com. You can also email us at scantiospeaksports at gmail.com if you want any other topics to be covered. And good luck to your team in the Super Bowl this year. Um, good luck to good commercials. Let's have a great game. Go Rams. Have a good night. This has been Ciantio Speak Sports, and we'll see you next week.